His bubble did have a comeback of sorts later in the day, however, when the furor had died down. Not that any furor ever quite died down. The Bagthorpes lived, one might say, in a perpetual state of simmer. Luckily they all thrived on it, with the exception perhaps of Jack, though even he was beginning to feel the adrenaline flow, to taste the delights of living dangerously. The way the giant bubble came up again was this. After lunch Jack crept off, fetched Zero from his room, and slunk out the back way. He did not escape the eye of Mrs. Fosdyke, because he had to nip stealthily into the kitchen to fill his pockets with biscuits, the ones Zero liked. He was spotted in the act. He moved off sharply. "'Where are you off to?' she called after him. But he pretended he had not heard. He was beginning to discover, too, the advantages of being S.D. Where Jack was off to was a small, private meadow he knew of, one with plenty of maythorn thickets and high-waving hedges. He was going there because he was positive that the previous day he had achieved a breakthrough with Zero in the stick-fetching business. There had been something about the look in Zero's eyes for that fraction of a second after Jack had finally ducked down and come up with the stick between his teeth. The look he had caught had, he felt certain, been dawning comprehension, or, at the very least, a glimmer. Jack realized that if he wished to pursue his career as a prophet and a phenomenon, he must never be observed, especially by any of the Bagthorpes, with a stick between his teeth. He was no longer afraid of committal to an asylum. From the things Dr. Winters had said the previous evening, if anyone got committed, it would be Mr. Bagthorpe. The little meadow was still and sunlit and patched with dandelions and cow parsley and seeded plantain. It seemed a forgotten place. Jack never saw anyone there. He lay on his back in the warm grass for a while. He had managed a substantial lunch while the others were having their furor. Zero, too, slumped in the shade of a maythorn and dozed. At length, reluctantly, Jack pulled himself up. "'Come on, Zero,' he said. "'Good boy. We're going to play fetch.' Zero lifted his head and thumped his tail. "'And this time,' Jack told him, "'you're going to fetch. Got it? Not me. You. Good boy.' Zero's tail thumped harder than Jack had ever seen it. Jack knew that this was a crucial moment— a turning point. He had a sudden inspiration. "'We'll have a race,' he told Zero. "'See who fetches it first. I'll throw the stick, and then we'll see who can pick it up first, right?' From the way Zero was dancing and wagging his tail, Jack would have sworn he had understood word for word. Jack held the stick high. "'Ready?' he cried. Then, "'Fetch!' He dropped instantly onto all fours and began to scramble hell for leather in the direction he had thrown, and the next thing he knew, he was face to face with a panting, prancing zero, with the stick held between his teeth. Very slowly, Jack rose to his knees. He stared, awestruck, into zero's hopeful brown eyes. "'Oh, good boy!' he managed. "'Oh, good boy!' But he hardly did manage it because tears, ridiculously, were stinging his eyes and choking up his voice. He reached into his pocket and wordlessly held out a handful of Granny's cookies, and Zero, after a moment's hesitation, dropped the stick and wolfed them down. As he did so, Jack was patting his tousled fur, 
stroking his head. "'Oh, Zero,' he said. "'You good boy. I told you. I knew you could do it. Good boy. Good old boy.' The two of them spent a long, happy afternoon in the meadow. By the end of it there was no need for Jack to get down on all fours himself. There was no need even for him to reward Zero with biscuits, which had run out anyhow. All he had to do was stand there, shout, "'Fetch, Zero!' and hurl the stick. Within sixty seconds flat, the stick would be back in his hand. "'Right,' he told Zero at last. "'And now we are going to show that lot what's what.' He walked back over the fields with a new spring in his step. Zero walked ahead, and it seemed to Jack there was a spring in his step now as well, and his ears had picked up almost unrecognizably. Jack marched straight into the sitting room and announced without ceremony, "'I've got something I want you all to see. I'll come out here a minute.' The assembled Bagthorpes, and as it so happened they were all assembled, literally boggled at him. The ring of his voice was something quite new. Was this ordinary Jack, Jack with no strings to his bow, Jack who seemed only by some freak of nature to be a Bagthorpe? So stunned were they that they obeyed without question. Even Mr. Bagthorpe levered himself out of his chair and followed the others, albeit muttering inaudibly under his breath. "'All right, everybody,' Jack turned and faced them. "'Now you're going to see something.' "'The heavens opening?' inquired Mr. Bagthorpe, not sufficiently nonplussed to have lost his usual style. "'No,' said Jack, "'not the heavens opening, something better.' He lifted the stick he held in his hand, and Zero sat panting, his gaze fixed on it. "'Oh, no,' he heard his father exclaim. "'Not that again. I can't stand it.' Then, "'Fetch, Zero!' Jack yelled, and hurled the stick as hard as he could. All you could hear was the thudding of Zero's paws on the turf, and then, as he returned, stick between his teeth, his panting. Jack bent and took the stick from him. He patted Zero's head. "'Good boy,' he said. Again he felt his voice tremble. "'Good old boy!' He turned then and faced the family. "'Well,' he demanded, "'what about that?' "'My sainted aunt!' he heard his father say. There will be a giant bubble. It's a miracle. It's a ruddy miracle. And then all at once the Bagthorpes were in a tumult of delight and congratulation. They patted and praised Zero. They almost patted and praised Jack. They were, to a man, hugely and genuinely delighted. Jack, still a little dazed and shaken, stood and let it all ebb and flow about him and thought, They mean it. They're really glad. I can't believe it. Oh, good old Zero. Good old boy.'